Hello, everyone. I'm Alan Potter, and you're listening to Call Talk for August 31st, 2022. Today's topic is managing at-home agents. If you're listening live, we invite you to be part of the show and ask questions. Here's how you do it. You can email me at calltalk at benchmarkportal.com. I want to remind everyone that all of our shows are archived and available to listen to at benchmarkportal.com any time of the day. And with that, I would like to introduce the host of the show, Bruce Belfiore. Thank you, Alan. And uh, the biggest issue facing many uh, managers today is our topic, how to manage at-home agents. From the panic transition many faced at the beginning of the COVID pandemic, we've moved to a business-as-usual at-home mode, which has left a lot of managers searching for best practices on how to recruit, train, acculturate, manage, and retain at-home agents. In fact, this is something that just comes up with our uh, clients and our contacts in the industry on a daily basis. So we've brought in two contact center of excellence managers to discuss this important topic, Marcia Presbury and Shannon Smith, both contact center executives with National General Lender Services. Welcome to the show. I'm delighted to be speaking with you today. Uh, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Pleasure. Okay, great. Well, as a bit of background on our guest, uh, Marsha Presbury leads the National General Inbound Customer Care Center, as well as its inbound loss drafts operations. And hey, she has a team in Mesa, Arizona, Seattle, Washington, Tijuana, Mexico, and Fort Worth, Texas, so international there. And her previous role with Front Door, she served as director of the Phoenix Customer Care Center. She also served as the vice president for J.P. Morgan Chase, where she developed leaders, including a team in the Philippines, and drove a high-performance culture. In all, Marcia has spent the last 20 years in operational and business process leadership roles. She earned a bachelor's degree in business management from National National Lewis University, and she's also a certified Six Sigma Black Belt and Implementation Leader. So, Marsha, a lot of experience there. Great to have you on. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yeah, great. And it was Shannon Smith is a senior leader with National General Lender Services. She's responsible for the workforce management and reporting teams. Workforce management for at-home agents is really important, as we all know. And Shannon has 14 years of experience in the call center industry and has led the workforce management team for the last years, uh, three years. And she's been a part of the National General family for over 21 years. Uh, she also has her individual ISO certification and is a stakeholder yearly for the Call Center of Excellence certification. So great to have you as well, Shannon. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. So, Marsha and Shannon, to start off, tell us a bit about your call center so the audience can put your operation in context, you know, the number of agents, types of calls, that sort of thing. Uh, it will be my pleasure. So this is Marcia. So, again, thank you for having us on the call today. Uh, our call center, like most, probably we're virtual. 95% of our audience, our, our, our team members are virtual. Uh, and most of them are sitting throughout the whole entire country, as you just mentioned earlier. 
Uh, we have approximately 250 people in our call center. Uh, and one of the things that's very notable is that we are labeled as a great place to work. We're certified as a great place to work. Uh, so we directly support our mortgage lending and servicing organizations. So uh, we handle lender place insurance uh, for properties within our portfolio. So basically, uh, if you are a homeowner, which is your largest asset, your mortgage servicing organization requires for you to have insurance on your property uh, for coverage, right, because they are uh, loaning you a huge amount of cash. And so when that coverage laps, uh, we step in to ensure that that asset is covered. Uh, so we handle all of that for a lot of our servicers. Uh, we assist our customers every single day. When they call into us, these are real people uh, with real problems, real issues, and we try to uh, manage through that information for them on a regular basis. So, uh, again, one of the most expensive things that people will buy today is their homes, and we're here to ensure that those are protected by our mortgage servicing uh, organizations. Perfect. Well, thank you for that background. That's great. And tell us, what was your experience with at-home agents before the pandemic hit, and how did the pandemic impact you in this regard? Yeah, so this is interesting. So before coming to work here with National General, uh, working from home was probably uh, very little and in between, right? So we had other organizations where people wanted to work from home, it actually was one of these premium things, and they had to earn the right to work from home. So it's a little different today, right? So those folks that were working from home and these other organizations, they earned it based on their KPIs or their metrics, uh-huh. uh, and then it was one of the things because they asked. They wanted to work from home. Uh, in today's environment, so that's the biggest experience I had around our work-from-home agents is that it was just a premium item, and most people did still work in the office. So very little experience as it relates to it in the in the way it is today, right? Today is very, very different. Right. Okay. That's, uh, I think, a, 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 an experience that a lot of people who are listening to this show can relate to. And, and what does your experience tell you in terms of best practices in various areas? Uh, if we could start with recruiting, hiring, onboarding for at-home agents, but just tell us what some of the best practices are that could be takeaways for the people listening today. Yeah, so I think uh, let's start with recruiting uh, if we can here. So one of the things that we're understanding is because people are uh, and can be hired all over the place, right? When we went home, uh, it was a forced item, right? But the most important reasons for sending people home was for the safety, right? It was very yep. important that the safety and, and well-being of the uh, team member was uh, and, and at first. Nothing more was important than just that. Uh, but once we realized everybody was at home, and it took us a little bit to get them home, a few days, get everybody out of the building, and we had a lot of people to really care for. Uh, but once the folks are at home, uh, one of the most important things around the recruiting part is what we learned is that you don't have to live in the places where we actually have uh, brick and mortar. And so that gives us a, a wide spread of opportunity to hire people that ordinarily wouldn't have been able to be hired. Uh, a perfect example of that is that think through our veterans, right? This is a really great point I want to make. A lot of times they have spouses, and then when that veteran moves, that spouse would have ordinarily had to relinquish their role, their job that they had in that particular location. 
working virtually now, they don't have to do that because if they're moving to another state, uh, it wouldn't matter any longer. So veterans for us have been very important in our, in our whole entire recruiting aspect as they have in the previous times, but now it became more uh, important to us to realize that that will be very helpful for them. Uh, now our recruiting plan became very open, right? So people that are living in uh, West Virginia, Minnesota, Chicago, if we're living in Arizona and we have a brick and mortar there, we wouldn't have even thought of hiring those folks. So our dynamics around how we were beginning to recruit and where we recruited became really expansive for us. And we had a pocket full of more people to bring into our organization, which is really great, really great okay, for us. So- so the the hiring basin really expanded uh, infinitely in a way because you no longer had to have a geographic hiring basin, and uh, so t- tell us what the recruiting was like that you did. In other words, uh, how did it change, and what are you doing now that's working really well in terms of finding uh, people, in terms of reaching out to them online or otherwise. So we do use a lot of online, right? There are certain uh, locations today that we have that are online. You have LinkedIn, Indeed, a lot of these different locations that do a lot of uh, recruiting and posting our positions online. Uh, Also, we have them obviously on our website as well. But we also had to venture out, particularly in some areas, to use some different agencies to support the hiring in their locations. We're unfamiliar Uh, with some of the locations. So this is some of the things that we thought were important to us as we went through that. Uh, So the recruiting, uh, so for us in our organization being part of the operations, everything is uh, working with our business partners internally to ensure that we have a plan in place uh, so that we can make sure that what our core essentials were, we were still getting that, even if we were using agencies and other locations to bring in the right type of person. Uh, so the online part helped us tremendously. Reaching out to other organizations helped us a lot. Uh, and then people were just coming directly to us because I think they would see that our, our um, postings would indicate to them that uh, these jobs could be held virtually anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so did you have to change your do- job descriptions a bit in, in terms of the recruiting effort because of the at-home nature? Yeah? Yeah, a little bit, right, because there's different requirements to work from home. Uh, in order mm-hmm. to do that in our organization, we had to require technology, right? A lot of people really didn't have to worry about whether or not they had Internet or, or some type of inter or uh, Ethernet cords and their computers had to have a certain speed. So technology was a really big question that we had as it relates to uh, how we engage with the person going forward. So the conversation sounds differently, looks differently. Uh, the um, job description was a little different, right? It's work from home. Uh, they had to have a quiet place where they can work. Uh, we prefer they didn't have their children because you're on a phone call. We wanted to make sure that people weren't taking care of their their children or their uh, loved ones or anyone else because they really were responsible for eight hours a day uh, working directly with the organization and taking those calls. It's hard, though. Mm-hmm. I know when people are sitting at home, they're thinking, I'm going to do the laundry, I'm going to cook dinner. Uh, that's a little challenging sometimes when you're working from home. Yeah, yeah. Another thing I was just wondering about, when we're in brick-and-mortar situations, oftentimes a lot of uh, managers have found that it's a good thing to get referrals from existing agents. In other words, uh, some of the best people, new hires that they get, are ones referred by existing call center agents. And that's because 
these people in many cases know these, well, they know these other people, they like them, uh, they like to be able to spend lunch time with them and uh, break time with them and that sort of thing, and it, be, it helps with the family atmosphere too. Uh, with at-home agents, obviously, it changes a bit. Have you found that there is good uh, possibilities to recruit people from referrals from existing agents or not so much anymore? No, I think so. So we still hold a referral fee, uh, you know, so when they refer their wonderful family members, friends to the organization, we still pay a referral fee. And I think people are still interested in that portion of it. And so that really drives in the recruiting portion for that part, you know, the hiring of their friends and bringing them on board. But we do have ways for people to still connect right? There are many ways that they still connect in our organization. I know some organizations may use Teams. They may use Zoom. Uh, In our particular instance, we use Zoom and Teams. And so when we're having sessions and meetings and those types of things in our organization, we ask everyone to utilize their cameras. So the equipment that we send home, right? In the past, no one was sending home a camera. Uh, and I know there was a mad dash to get a camera from every location you possibly could because we never thought we'd be in this situation. Uh, but now people have cameras. And when they're on meetings and online, they're required to turn on their camera so we can see them, right, so we can engage with them. And so that's our level of engagement with them is that even when they're interviewing, they're interviewing via Zoom uh, because we want to see what their or how their interaction is. That's the only interaction, by the way, that we get. There's no touchy-feely, uh, come sit next to my desk, uh, come inside the building kind of thing. It just doesn't exist like it did before. Mm-hmm. So you have the uh, – once you go through the uh, initial process, which I imagine is looking at the person's resume, right, uh, then do you immediately go to a um, go to a, uh, a Zoom interview, or is there something that you do in between before you get to the interview? Yeah, so we're we're going to make sure that prior to that, so our, we have a team of uh, talent acquisition folks that basically will screen. Uh, so we're going to screen. Uh, After they've screened and decided that they're a great fit for our organization, uh, there is an interview set up with internally in our group with our supervisors or managers for them to have that Zoom conversation. Uh, After Uh they've completed that Zoom conversation uh, and that meeting, that interview, we're going to make a decision of whether or not they're a great person to bring on board for us. And it's just based on those set of questions that we've asked them, right, Uh, based on the hours. Because, you know, we're in a call center. uh, We work from – you know, 4.30 a.m. until 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we want to make sure that those hours are going to fit into their world. And that's not the whole entire day. Obviously, it's a portion of that day. Uh, But if you're living on the East Coast and you get a, you know, a closing shift, well, that's 9.30 Pacific Time. But if you switch it to their time zone, right, it's 12.30, right, and it's 9 p.m. at night. So some of those things people have to make some decisions on if that's going to be a great fit for them. And then once we've gone through all of those particulars and everyone has agreed upon this will work for them, that onboarding process starts immediately. And so we continuously are engaging with them until we start the training class, right? So we hired you maybe three weeks prior to that training class starting. 
we have people in the organization that's going to continuously engage with you until that time starts because we realize that because you're virtual, you want to make sure that people don't feel like you've forgotten about them. So we're engaging uh-huh. with them on a regular basis. Maybe one week we're having the soup call, then the manager's calling. Uh, maybe I will even pick up the phone and call them because we want them to understand we are happy and can't wait for them to start uh, in our training class. And then the trainers are sending out uh, information to them as well uh, to make sure that they understand, hey, this is what that training curriculum is going to look for, uh, look like. And we want to make sure that uh, you understand the date, the time. We're staying engaged with you until the day you start with us on that Zoom camera. Mm-hmm. Okay, so regular communication to keep them engaged, make them know that they're loved even before they're known, right, <laughs> in terms Absolutely. of inside the company. We need to spread the love, <laughs> spread the love. Yeah. Got to spread the love. And uh, then I imagine you also give them someone they can reach out to in case they have questions. Is that right? Absolutely. They have several phone numbers that they're going to receive, right? They have the recruiting phone number, their supervisor phone number, because the supervisors introduced themselves and said, you know, they're going to be a part of my team. I'm so happy. Uh, And a lot of times people wait for them to come on board to decide who they're going to report to. They know prior to them even getting here who they're going to be reporting to. And that person is making some great phone calls out to them as well. So they have all of those important phone numbers. They even have mine if necessary. Okay. Oh, that's great. That's great. So that shows real dedication. Hopefully it's not used very often, but uh, just for someone to see that the senior manager is uh, concerned about them, wants them to know that they're available is uh, very important. Okay, great. Some some great best practices in there. Thank you for that. And, and what about things you've learned about training and about nesting for at-home Agents. In other words, uh, once they're on board, and by the way, I assume that you do some background checking too. We didn't uh, mention that, but that would be another uh, area. <laughs> yeah, every, yeah, every person goes through a background check. No one comes on board without doing that background check. So everybody will have to clear that uh, background check before even starting uh, in our organization. So definitely required. Definitely required. Okay. And as far as our yeah, as far as our training, so once they've gone through that that recruiting process, the hiring process with us and onboarding. Uh, Now they're getting prepared for the training part, and I think this is probably the most difficult thing and some of the things that we've really learned a lot about. Uh, And then I talked about it a little earlier, is that we're shipping equipment directly to their homes. They are have instructions on how to put it together. Well, if you've never put plugs in places, it may look a little strange to you. And so what we've done is on that very first day that they show up for training, Uh, We're helping and assisting them with our IT department, getting them all connected. So whatever pieces they weren't able to connect prior to the start of the classroom, we're ensuring that they have it all taken care of. They're on their cameras, right? Everything is operational. So we're spending a lot of time on that first day really just kind of going through, making sure everybody's set, uh, ready to go. Once everybody is settled in, uh, they do a little icebreaker to get to know each other a little more with the trainers and then kind of go over what that agenda is for the day. Uh, for the remainder of their training sessions that they're going to have with that organization. Depending on what type of class you started with us, you're either going to go through Uh uh, five weeks of training or you're going to go through six weeks of training with us uh, to allow you that knowledge transfer uh, with our trainers and then other people that are going to engage in that classroom. Uh, We have workforce management, so everything is a partnership with us. So our workforce management groups are going to come in and talk to them about, you know, how they can handle their schedules, Uh, what this time off thing looks like and how you apply for your vacations and shift bids and all these different things that we do along the way. There's other business partners that will also come into that class 
uh, our HR divisions, right? So they'll get an opportunity to, to ask questions of them. Uh, the leadership is coming in and really giving their story. This is where I spend my time. On day two, they get to talk to me, right? I go in and I want to welcome them again into the organization. And I go through my three truths and one lie uh, and just have a little fun with them. But then I go through what I expect and what I'm looking for uh, for them going forward. It's a really great experience, and people love that we provide them those expectations way before their start, but we are reinforcing them. So at any time anyone feels like this might not be the right fit for them, uh, leaving early and often is better than training six weeks and coming back later and saying, I don't want to be here, right? And so that's very important to us. But throughout that whole training, we have supervisors and team leads engaging with live calls. Uh, they are getting one-on-ones. And all these things are, do, are done virtually with them via Zoom. We even set up a, a session where I tagged it as a Zoom offices, and this is basically where uh, the supervisor can bring all of their team into a meeting on Zoom using their cameras. This is the only thing we have, but you can't call me into a conference room. So this is, go right. to your Zoom offices, please. Kind of get in here and figure out what's going on. And anytime throughout, even after they were out of the training class, uh, supervisors still do that today. But we expect for them to do their one-on-ones via the Zoom. Uh, we expect for them to have that camera action. And let me give you an example why these cameras are so important. And I went in and I had the conversation about I know it feels really strange. You're sitting in your house. You're on a camera all day. And some of you don't want to go on a camera because they're like, I didn't dress up. Well, act like you're going to work. Put some clothes on <laughs> from the week uh -huh. stuff, right? I think that's very important uh, so that people really feel like you've joined this organization. But more importantly, it's for their safety as well. Uh, we had an incident where uh, one of the employees was on camera. I had just had this conversation on Tuesday. And on Wednesday, the person had a seizure literally on the camera, and we could see it. And because we could see that, we were able to get them help. Now, if you didn't have that camera on, we would assume uh -huh. that you are just not participating in the classroom, and we probably would have dropped you off the camera, asked the supervisor to give you a call, and we probably uh -huh. wouldn't have gotten an answer. So it's not only just visually being able to engage with them, but really making sure that they're safe at home, uh, making sure that if we can assist them in any way, we can. That is a great. That's a great story, and and very important for that person. That's uh, really wonderful. You were able to do that, and uh, get them assistance faster. And th that's a story that I think a lot of the uh, listeners for this show can use when they're talking to their uh, people and say, you know, this is some. This is a reason why we do this as a matter of policy. You need to be on camera, and it's both for operational purposes and for your safety. So, yeah, thank you for that one very much. And by the way, what, what are the uh, three truths and one lie story? I'd like like to hear that. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to be able to get through the whole thing, but basically, uh, for me, my three truths and one lie. I'm, I'm not even sure uh, if you are going to figure out which one is a lie, but I usually go through some of my own personal background. I feel like people can uh, relate to you if they feel like you're human. A lot of times when you have people in an organization at executive levels, they feel a little intimidating. So that's my way uh -huh. of really getting them to be relaxed because I feel like uh, either you can decide whether or not you know, and if you don't know, now you know a little bit more about who I am. And so usually my three truths and a lie goes around. Uh, uh, they have to guess whether or not I was on the prices right. Uh, they got to figure out whether or not I was a military brat. <laughs> Uh, they got to figure out whether or not I relocated nine times or not. 
And then they have to figure mm-hmm. out whether or not I sold a home to a major league baseball player. So those are my three truths and one lie. And just now from the small time that I've spoken with you, which one do you believe is not the truth? <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I don't do a description with them, right? Yeah? Uh, yeah. So just yeah. thinking through that. Yeah. <laughs> most of them okay. never guess it. I will tell you, for the most part, they don't get it right. They don't get it right. Really? It's a lot of fun explaining it. Oh, yeah. they can. I, Listen, I have poker face. I'm not going to ruin it for all the people who uh, are, com- are to come on board in the future, but uh, <laughs> afterwards you can tell me, so that's great. Absolutely. Well, uh, um, Yes. Well, maybe we can get Marcia in on this, too, and sort of into the actual scheduling, coaching, motivating, retaining, all those management items that uh, come after training. Um, you know, your insights would be really being appreciated uh, on these areas. Yeah, no worries. So um, so Shannon is still out there, and I want I'm her to sorry, have an opportunity to say a few. Shannon. Yeah, this right. has been Marcia okay. the whole time talking. Yes, it has been. It has been. Yeah, no, I, I'm sorry. I knew it was uh, Marcia. I, I, I just said Marcia. Okay, so perfect. Yeah, let's get Shannon in on this. Yeah, yeah. to add to the training program, though, I did I did want to add that we are an award-winning – we have an award-winning training program there. Um, we won an award in 2021 for our virtual training program. Um, and that's just due to the curriculum and how we altered it, right, to allow for some of those things that Marcia mentioned and talked about, how important those virtual pop-ins are, how important those cameras are, how important building in time for your HR questions and concerns, your IT issues. It's really important, um, and, you know, our pro tip there, if you will, is to build that curriculum in their virtual training day like they're in the office. Don't treat it any different. Try as hard as you can to make it the same experience virtually. Um, and, that, and, and it goes back to what Marcia said. You know, it starts with just getting dressed in the morning and being camera ready, right, because you should expect that, you, you know, you may um, be on that camera at some point during the day um, and just having excellent communication on what to expect. And that really goes across the board. Um, with all of our key stakeholders in our organization, which, you know, ranges from our operations leaders to my team from a workforce management perspective, training, talent and acquisition. Um, And if if you create a great communication plan and have open communication with those folks and those who support our team members, um, then your team member will have a great experience, right? Um, And they'll feel comfortable virtually. So I wanted to make sure and add that group. That's great. And on the workforce management specifically, Shannon, since you have so much experience on that, are there best practices for at-home agent situations that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, you know, that's a great question and one that we really did have to change how we did manage folks um, from a WFM standpoint from a communication perspective, right? Because everyone loves the WFM team, right? What's my break? When's my lunch? Can I go meet with my soup? Um, And we've gotten very, very good at – using our team's channels and creating specific group channels, uh, creating specific chats, um, and having everyone available. uh, As long as our call center is open, right, we have team members available to answer questions, make sure that things are approved and that the schedules are correct, or if someone needs a moment to maybe pop over and see Marsha or one of her um, members of her leadership team, we're available to make those updates and communicate with um, our team members that way. So I think team channels are very important there. Um, again, it's all about that open communication 
um, and making sure that you're available, right? Being available virtually and sharing the expectation with folks on, on what that looks like. People need to know when you're yep. contact you. Yep, when you're in contact. Yeah, one of the things that I've noticed, too, is that sometimes, particularly with new people, uh, they will – it's not that they're playing like they don't know what's going on. It's just that they don't feel confident at the beginning. So uh, you may have told them that you're available, other people are available, and this is what you need to do. And then uh, they're sort of uh, caught in a, a problem situation, and you go back to them and you say, you know, why, why didn't you get in touch with us about this? Why didn't you t- put up your hand? And they'll say, oh, well, I didn't know if anybody would be available. And it's like, well, yes, we told you you would be available. Yeah, no, that's thing. right. right? You, hit, you hit the nail on the head. That's something that Marsha's team definitely deals with a lot. And we, you have to be very um, open up front with, hey, here's when right. I'm available. Here's my hours. And you almost have to over-communicate that you're available. But also to tie that back, that's why it's so important for people at the executive level and that senior level to show up day one, day two, and be um, yes. um, available during ev- the whole time someone's in training um, and just showing that, hey, you're just as important as this other meeting I'm going to, and I'm, I'm here, I'm, I'm listening, I'm here, I want to be here, and showing them that you're making time for them, and then they're going to feel comfortable, right? Because you're taking right. time to say, here I am, here's my, you know, three truths and a lie, right? You're, you're able to yep. relate to them, you're <laughs> showing them that, you know, you're making time. So that's huge, having that senior leadership um, participation. That's great. That's great. And I think also making room for yourselves as senior leaders when on occasion you're not able to be as responsible as you want to be. Uh, But sort of anticipating that, in a sense, is the best practice. Because if you say, you know, I'm here for you, you know, anytime you call, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you may not be because there may be some sort of a uh, urgent thing that happens. And so, Tell them that. Say, uh, this is our, you know, our MO is to be available to you and uh, to make sure that we are uh, able to deal with you, et cetera. If on some occasions that doesn't happen, this is the reason why, because you don't want them afterwards saying, oh, well, you said, but then you didn't do type of thing. And if yeah. you just anticipate that, that life happens, and it happens to you the same way it happens to them, then I think that's a, you know, a best practice to anticipate that so that um, you, know, you don't get sort of caught in, in, in an odd situation there. Um, okay, well, listen. You know, Great point. Yeah. Well, the time has flown by here, and you have just you know, given us one great uh, insight after another. I'd like to ask each of you to see if there's anything that uh, you'd like to share with our audience now before we, we conclude the show. I think the one thing for sure, even though they're at home, is still a call center environment. Keep it fun. Keep it light, right? We still understand that there's work to be done, but don't forget about all of those virtual events and team events that you can still do uh, while they're at home. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, okay. I think if I had to add one thing, it's just treating – don't treat your workday like it's um, different because you are at home. Um, still have the same discipline, the same rigor, um, and if you would have walked down the aisle and said hi to 10 people on your way in, um, you need to make sure you say good morning to your team. You know, when, when you log in and get ready to start your day, just treat it as much as you can like you would pre-pandemic, for sure. Interesting. Okay, so there's two messages that I'm, I'm feeling, sensing in there. One is uh, really bring all the professionalism you would bring uh, to the job, even though it's remote instead of in person. And second, 
bring all the personal uh, impact to the job, even though you're remote instead of in person. Would that sound uh, approximate? Does that sound right? Yeah, sounds good. Great. Yeah, okay. Well, great. Well, thank you so much. Uh, really great insights. Uh, really enjoyed this uh, conversation. And wish we could go on for another hour or so. I'm sure we could with all of the experience that you've had. But uh, unfortunately, we will now have to, to close, and uh, we'll uh, toss things over to Alan to wrap things up. Alan? Thanks again to Shannon and to Marcia from National General Lender Services for your insightful discussion on Be sure to join us next month for another great show or look at our huge selection of archive shows on Hot Topics at BenchmarkPortal.com. Then click on Call Talk where you'll find over 12 seasons of this show. From all of us at Benchmark Portal, keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready. This is Alan Pockotter signing out. Have a great day. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.